Hi, I'm Sean Horn, founder and CEO of BeBell.ie. So what is BeBell? Well, it's a place of positivity. It's a place where you can be happy, be kind, be bold, feel supported and encouraged to fulfill your dreams. So join us on social at BeBell.ie for future events and upcoming podcasts. Hello and welcome to BeBell Podcast with myself, Sean Horn. Well, as you know, BeBell is all about empowering women and encouraging movement. So I was so happy when I got to speak with the amazing Breedstack all the way from Australia. We talk everything from her love of sport to her love of family, and we look forward to her returning to Cork very soon. So welcome to BeBell Podcast. Today, I'm delighted to introduce the fabulous Breedstack. Breed, how are you? I'm great, Chan. How are you keeping? I am really well. Um, I was watching your stories. The, the weather doesn't look so hot over there. I think we're actually doing better than you at the moment. Uh, you actually are. It is like torrential, torrential, torrential rain with the last 10 days here. Um, I actually think it's supposed to be very, very bad in really far west New South Wales. Um, but thankfully, we're, we're not in, um, in kind of a floodplain here. But um, yes, some people have lost their homes. It's just torrential weather um but actually as we're as we're chatting here um in the last hour or two it is actually uh cleared up and apparently tomorrow it's um forecasted for 29 degrees so um mm. it's it, yeah it seems to have kind of um hit hit kind of i suppose the end of it now so it was 10 days of i, I like weather in ireland is actually nothing compared to it like nothing okay. it was just non-stop it was misery misfortune and people in Ireland would probably have loved us to be given out about it but um yeah no it was we're glad to see the back of it because it was really really damp brilliant well yeah it's very unusual for me to uh be topping uh weather anywhere in the world so I was delighted with that and this is my first time I suppose speaking to someone so far away from home I know you're gone international now, so you are, Shen. I know. Fabulous. <laughs> Thank you for doing that for me. That's amazing. Um, so Personally. as you know, um, BeBell Podcast is all about the person um, and the people behind um, their achievements. So where did it all start for you? Um, so yeah, I'm I'm a proud Rock Chapel woman, and um, I suppose uh, thankfully I, I carry that pride with me wherever I go. And um, it's a, a small village in North Cork. Um, it would be steeped in Ceoltas, in Gaelic football and in um, the bog, really. And I suppose whether you liked it or not, you kind of got immersed into all three. Um, God bless my parents. I think they wanted to try to make um, musicians out of us early on. So uh, we started off, you know, with the handy tin whistle like every child in Ireland. And uh, I suppose after, after uh, a short period of time when they thought we were excelling at that, uh, they landed the button accordion down on top of our laps. So okay. that didn't uh, that started to take a lot more time away from from being outside and playing ball. So uh, um, mom and dad actually re recruited Liam O'Connor. So the, the fantastic Liam O'Connor was um, he was giving lessons at the time and was doing house visits. So mom and dad jumped at the chance of okay. getting Liam O'Connor to, to teach us the button accordion. If any man was going to do it, it was going to be him. Um, so um, yeah, I'd say now poor old Liam had his work cut out for him because there used to be just the 20 minutes of rapid fire um, revision basically before yeah. Liam rang the doorbell because we were outside so much um, playing ball and playing all different sports. And um, 
yeah, I suppose mom, I, I was really devastated when mom told me that Liam O'Connor, you know, was, was going making it big and was going jo joining Lord of the Dance. So I don't think I've ever wished a man more luck in my whole life as I, uh, <laughs> as I waved him off. And um, so Liam hit the road and, and the accordion got the corner and uh, I got back out playing full time. So um, that was kind of, I suppose, my, my our earliest crack was all the Kyoltas. And um, then sure, look, there was no denying that we absolutely love sport and uh, we just immersed ourselves in. Uh, Gaelic football and badminton they would have been the two main sports in Rock Chapel and absolutely loved them played with the boys underage as there was no underage girls team so just loved it I suppose um, yeah. you kind of you learned learned a bit quicker you know um, how to read the game because you were going to get taken out of it by a fella that was going to be stronger than you so um, yeah so I suppose I can credit the lads to my ability of being able to read the game a bit better because I definitely wasn't as strong as them but um yeah, I went on to secondary school and I suppose I took up more sports and I think the most important thing for any young person is um, is to try out a whole host of sports, um, especially, you know, you know, to vary it as much as possible. So I tried out individual and team sports and um, I think that allows you to specialise more and it allows you to stay with a sport that you enjoy more and that you're probably more than likely to stick with. So um, I just found that team sports were the ones for me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a team sport girl myself and um, but I, yeah. I, I love individual too, but team, yeah, I like being part of a team. But going back to when you were younger, obviously like having to play with the boys, was there was there a few girls or did you stand out from the crowd? Oh, no, there was a couple of us. Um, there yeah. was maybe about uh, three or four of us. And then I suppose as the time went on, it kind of dwindled and there was two of us that played up to under 14s. And then girls weren't allowed to play on the under 16 team because obviously the boys went through a rapid gro yeah. growth spurt. <laughs> and um, yeah, we, we um, I suppose, yeah, you were entering dangerous territory there of people in secondary school with hormones flying. So um, yeah, no, um Thankfully, uh, um, I suppose the underage structure kind of got started by the time we were under 16. So um, it was kind of a, a natural progression then. And um, this was my, my earliest memory of kind of being involved in a collective would have been with Rock Chapel Ladies. So they, we were a junior team to start off with. And I suppose um, very quickly um, over the course of three short years, we won um, a junior um county final monster final and all ireland final which propelled us up to intermediate and then we won the uh, county monster and all ireland for intermediate so that propelled us up to senior level so in the space of two two very short years you know we were, we were propelled up to senior status and um i definitely learned the power of of the collective um over those couple of years and um that celebrations on the back of a truck um are the greatest celebrations of all you know um especially in a small village and bonfires galore and um i suppose that probably definitely cemented how proud i was to be from rock chapel and it definitely um fostered a massive love of teams sports so not long after that then I went and I um, got a trial for the Cork under 14s thankfully we experienced a very um, strong underage success and that led us into the senior team then in 2004. So and that, did you find um, like obviously like that that time you know under 14 that time is actually quite an important time for us as we sort of develop into women um, you know and and obviously your studies are there too so yeah. how do you find you balance like did you enjoy school or was it like because for me I love the sport and I love school yes. because of the sport but I wasn't miss academic um, but you know you've done well um, in that side of your life as well so how did you yeah. pick I suppose 
Um, well, I suppose I was born into a very, um, not that it was a very academically driven household, but mom and dad would both have been teachers. So they definitely took a lot of pride in, um, in kind of doing as well in school as possible, but not so much doing as well, but enjoying school, I suppose. So um, dad was actually my local principal. So all three of us, myself and my brother Seamus and Mern all went through dad. So I suppose my earlier, my earliest experiences of, of school were very, very positive. And he was the one who instilled, you know, a massive um, love for football, particularly in all, all of us. And in a lot of the, the, the kids of Rock Chapel, because he set up little school leagues and kind of taught us early on, you know, um, I suppose just to enjoy team sports and uh, and how it should be and like while it was a school league and there was a little bit of a cup at the end the emphasis was just on enjoyment and participation and everyone having a role so Absolutely. Like, did yeah did you ever feel any pressure like your your dad was obviously a really amazing example so did you ever yeah. feel pressure as being his 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 daughter that you had to keep a certain level too um, I suppose you do um, a small little bit. Mom actually was vice principal as well. So I had two kind of very high achieving parents um, that, you know, were very driven academically. And um, I suppose um, I was very driven myself. Maybe that came from mom and dad inherently, inherently but um, I always wanted to do well in school. And I think when I went to secondary school, um, no, not saying that I would be the best at anything. Um, I certainly had to work very, very hard and I would have gotten very anxious actually before my leaving cert, um, you know, because I had put so much pressure on myself to do well. Um, I kind of realized in a, about fourth year that I really wanted to be a PE teacher. Um, when I came into school in first year, I just fell mad about um, our, our local PE teacher. She was just absolutely a wonderful, wonderful woman. And she had such a keen interest in badminton. And I came from a badminton background that we just really clicked. And uh, she was over at the basketball in the school and I was playing basketball in the school. And we just got on really, really well. And I remember so many evenings that a gang of us would stay behind and, and play badminton with her. And, you know, she gave up her time to make everything such an enjoyable experience for us that, you know, I really look back on those memories with, with such fondness. and she actually passed away a couple of years ago god rest her and she was just such a lady um but you know i suppose she definitely um you know planted a seed of i wanted to be a PE teacher and i knew i had to put something um strong with it i needed a strong subject with it because you know PE teachers i suppose at the time um you know if you were from a small area which i was from there was uh, you know one two PE teachers in the school so you needed to have a strong subject with it um so i decided to choose maths not because I was brilliant at maths, but because I suppose, number one, it was a strong subject. Um, and number two, I worked very hard at it. Um, you know, I remember even in Leaving Cert, when I was inside an honours Leaving Cert, um, the teacher, you know, he was lovely now, like he was actually the principal at the time and he was he was a great teacher. But, um, you know, there were some days after class that we used to go up to this girl, Marguerite, in class. And Marguerite now is the nicest person in the world. She actually went on and became a doctor. I met her in... Uh, in um, Bishopstown there one day and she was just after coming off a shift in CUH but um, loveliest person in the world but she used to sit down for us with us a few of the, a few of us that were struggling and would um, sit down and help us out and she just made things so so simple broke down yeah. things so I said to myself you know if ever I was going to 
you know, become a PE teacher. And if I was lucky enough to, to study maths that, um, you know, I would want to ensure that I, I gave students that ability to achieve success, be it smaller or on a large scale. And um, thankfully, I've enjoyed 10 years of teaching students and getting, getting, you know, small successes and big successes. And, you know, they all um, mean so much to me as a teacher. And, you know, there's great fulfillment in them. So, um, yeah. And were all of your siblings the same? Were you all into sport? um we well Seamus Seamus came along anyway as the boy and I suppose dad being a footballer was delighted to see a, a young fella coming first and um then myself and Mern came anyway um soon afterwards and um we all would have played badminton and we all would have played football and I suppose as the years went on I I was kind of playing more uh, football and more badminton and Seamus was playing less and he was getting way more interested in um, in books and I suppose things like PlayStation and uh, science. He was heavily, heavily interested in science and he actually took up all the three sciences for his leaving cert and, and he went on and geez, he's, um, you know, he's a big role model for me because he, he really went um you know, all, all around, like he, he did a master's, then he went over to, to Glasgow and um, he, he finished out a PhD. So he's, um, he was, a, he was a real high achiever in terms of science, but um, he, he wasn't, he wasn't one for the sport, but um, then I suppose I, I was very heavily interested in sport and um, I suppose, you know, dad being as invested as he was, um, he was just so, so good to all of us. And if we wanted to join a Tiddlywings club, 300 meters or 300 miles down the road, dad would drive us like, you know, he was just so encouraging of everything we did. And um, I suppose he was delighted that myself and Mern stayed with the sport. And, you know, we play with the same club now, myself and Mern. And um, I suppose that I had so much successes with Cork, you know, while I enjoyed it, I think my parents enjoyed it just as much. And they have made friends for life with all the families of all the girls, you know, with so many years. So um, I suppose he got he has gotten loads out of it as well, but he yeah. has enjoyed it immensely. Um, yeah, so oh, it's amazing. And so so you, you you had the successes with the under 14s, you you were doing your leaving. So what was next for you? Yeah, so I suppose I suppose. Um, the biggest thing was like you, you were talking there about balance. Um, yeah. I remember getting to my leaving search year and um, like even I remember talking to mom even before I think it was my maths. It was definitely my maths exam. Um, and I was, geez, I was crying. I, I, she was trying to console me um, before my my uh, leaving cert paper two because I suppose I had put such emphasis on maths and I needed maths to go well for me. And um, paper one was an absolute write-off. Like even poor Marguerite was like, oh, geez, that was tough. <laughs> so if Marguerite was saying it was tough, I was goosed. But um, yeah, so I, I needed paper two to, to go well. Like, and um, yeah, I, I suppose... I was playing a lot, a lot of sport and I never left that waiver because I actually got such a release from it. Um, and while, you know, I had put myself under a bit of pressure to, to get um, high points, um, I, I never let the sport dwindle because I knew how important it was for me and for my health and for my for just to blow off a bit of steam. So I actually continued playing with Cork and playing with my club. Uh, I never missed a training session throughout my I suppose any of my school going years, especially my leaving search year. And I think most importantly, my leaving search year, because um, I definitely felt I needed it more than ever. And um, yeah, I remember playing a match, I'd say a week before my leaving cert. And I'd say my mother must have said 10 Hail Marys that I didn't break a, break a finger or, yes. you know, do something beforehand. Like, but um, yeah, it was just, it was just the release I needed. And um, 
yeah, I suppose, thankfully, the, the leave and start went well for me and um, I, I got the points I needed. But I would be nowhere without sport because I think they just they balance each other so, so well. And um, I would definitely encourage any young person listening just to, yeah. to try to keep up some form of sport uh, as much as possible. It just it is so beneficial. At what age do you think you had to choose? You obviously were doing so many different sports. Where do yeah. you think was I have to make a decision of which route I go? Uh, college I suppose really um, I went to a convent of mercy so boys weren't really uh, a big thing for me on the scene I suppose um, you know growing up um, I would have lived a good half an hour as well from the town so I wasn't kind of I, I didn't go out too much and mom and dad I suppose would have been fairly strict on that on that side of things so I was kind of a given maybe four or five nights in, in the year that I could go out and I kind of chose them very carefully because I had to pick around football really and but it, it's gas like there wasn't ever a desire in me to you know to push socializing okay. uh, not like I and I had a wonderful group of friends and I, I was a very social person but I never put it ahead of ahead of the team so um yeah, like I, I enjoyed all that. But I suppose when I got to college, um, you really do have to kind of immerse yourself in college socially more so than academically. And I, I understood that fairly straight away because I felt I couldn't even talk to a fella because I was so used to going to a convent and um, being in our little bubble. And um, yeah, I kind of definitely immersed myself in the social side of things a lot more. And I suppose I stepped back a bit then from the badminton and I um, didn't put myself forward for basketball or athletics in college, but I knew that ladies football was the one for me. And I knew it was kind of a, a great, um, uh, a great way of kind of making friends in that first year of college. And you know, I I joined the freshers team, uh, made the freshers team, and made the senior team, and um, the rest was history. Then I had friends, friends from my whole four years of college. It was just wonderful. Yeah. And I suppose so. from a mixing perspective, from a social perspective, because I, I went to mixed school, I went, you know, and I remember, you know, my friends that were at all girls school, they'd be like, oh my god, like they're just boys are so weird. And I'd be like. <laughs> They're just like girls. They're just idiots. Like, I know. I, um, yeah. But I think from a social perspective as well, when you're involved in sport, like we would have travelled as, you know, in a mixed school, we would have travelled with the boys' football team, the girls', you know, hockey team would be in the same coach. And it, it was like real social. So it's a good way to, I suppose, introduce you how to speak to everybody. 100%. And even I teach, like I, well, I'm on a career break at the moment, but I teach in a co-ed school. And I just see that like the benefit of going to a co-ed school, it does improve your maturity levels, improve your socializing. Like you are, you are coming out of, um, of school and going into college, definitely a more mature adult. Like I will say going into, going into college, I don't, I didn't feel I was mature in terms of being streetwise. Um, so I kind of learned fairly fast, I suppose the first month or two, but thankfully I was living with actually some friends that were part of the Cork senior team. Um, they were in their second year and I was in first year so I think having them kind of guide me the first like I, I definitely needed that bit of guidance because yeah I, I wasn't a, a social butterfly the first <laughs> the first couple of months anyway so um but then I found my feet and um yeah I suppose yeah the rest is history and didn't you meet your partner in college I did yeah so um we actually both started the same year um he did uh, law and accounting and um I did PE um so yeah we we actually 
the first time that we would have met would have been early early enough on I suppose in first year and um, we both were up for a sports bursary so in UL there were sports bursaries given to um, I suppose maybe five athletes um, when you went into when you went into first year but you had to interview for them so you had to I suppose have all your references and then be able to interview well so um, we kind of got the notification of where the interview was on and myself and Korok my now husband we went both went to the wrong building um, and actually ended up chatting for about 20 minutes before someone came running in going where have ye two Egypt's been and uh, we went back anyway did the interview and um, it was gas yeah it was kind of um, it was it was lovely it was lovely to chat to him I suppose outside of kind of um, uh, you know it was the first time probably I didn't feel awkward talking to yeah. talking to a fella so that was that was a plus and um, yeah we went for the interview anyway and then come the bursary night the awards were announced and I actually got the bursary and he didn't so it's always a bit of a sticking point for him that uh, that I, I got a bursary over him and it's one that I, I won't let him forget too easily. Absolutely. Got to have something, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> Keep it in the bag. And yeah. so did you let, like, was college, obviously it was something very different for you, but did you enjoy it? Oh, I absolutely adored college. I adored it. And um, I really grew up in college and um, yeah, I, 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 I just, I definitely found my feet and I kind of found out who I liked hanging around with and I found out who I was comfortable with and um it was gas like you know um sometimes maybe in secondary school you know you're trying to fit in um I suppose there's so many different personalities whereas in college when you go into a course you're kind of already starting out with kind of like-minded people and um in PE and maths you know I was first of all I was in with people that were really interested in sport and secondly I was in with logistically minded people whereas um yeah like they were just my people and I really really enjoyed my classmates and then I absolutely adored my um my college football girls and then I had my car girls then um at home so you know I really I suppose I had a good sense of belonging definitely um in all those areas. And at what age was like obviously like you were you were in a crest of a wave, I suppose that like that that era of Cork was, yeah, like phenomenal, and anybody that was involved in that um, would be remembered forever, I suppose. And so, how again, you know, we're back to balance. You're you're studying. You know, you want to be a teacher. You've got a successful sporting career. Like, where does the weight land? Like, do you ever feel that it's too much? Um, no, I actually felt probably my most stressful year was definitely leaving cert. Um, I found after that, that college was um, very, very manageable because on number one, I was doing a course I absolutely loved. Um, and while the maths was challenging, I only had to hone in on the maths, whereas in secondary school, I wasn't linguistic at all. So I really had to, I was nearly rote learning off Irish. French like you know so I I had to try very very hard in other subjects whereas here all my effort could go into maths because I like I, I would be I would have been very good at English um so I found kind of the assessments and the assignments and all that type of um thing I found that very very doable um I found the I suppose the labs and the practical side of the course very very manageable and then it was a, co a case of kind of really really hone in on the maths um but I had super friends and um you know people that were very very willing to help me and I I did try very very hard and um 
like I said, I, I never, ever wanted to relinquish my efforts with Cork. And um, I definitely think it makes you uh, manage your time better when you um, understand what's important to you and when you focus on what's important to you. So, you know, while I focused on my studies and on um, football, something else had to go. So it just meant that you weren't out every single night of the week or, you know, like you just had to prioritize what was important to you. And uh, and they were important for the short spell of time that I was there. Um, so, yeah, I absolutely loved it. And I, I left college with a one one. So I was I was absolutely delighted with myself and very, very proud of myself because um, I suppose I, I had worked hard and I had balanced um, things and I came out then hoping that I could get a job in Cork because um, I, I would have been a bit of a, a home bird in, in that sense and I didn't want to go too far and I suppose I wanted to be close to training so um, thankfully the, the, you know the next part of, of, of life kind of um, went well in that I, I got a, a job um, interview for Carrigaline and um, there was a, a principal there Donald Murray um, he'd be a very well-known bars man and big football man and um not only that, but he was a really, really um, innovative principal. And yeah. he actually took on five of us straight out of college, um, which probably would be unheard of um, in this day and age. You have to have so much experience and people are wary taking on people out of college. They, they you know, they want experience and um, I suppose, you know, plenty ability to discipline classes. Uh, teaching has become a very, very difficult um, career career choice at the moment so for him to give five of us the nod um you know he was he was a, a, a remarkable principal and he was so social and so charismatic and he probably spent more time out of his office than he actually did in, in his office and I just always saw I suppose you see that and you see that you know he's not locking himself away and um you know he's on the ground with you and you know that he has your back and um yeah I just I, I really liked him as a person and um thankfully he gave me a great start um in my career. Yeah, and I, I, I think that would be like a breath of fresh air to take five people in with new ideas and new ways yeah. of doing things. I think everybody learns then, don't they? Yeah, he did. And, um, you know, he really um, invigorated the school because he brought me in in terms of, uh, I suppose, well, no, like it was obviously on a P in maths capacity, but I took over the ladies football in the school. He brought another girl in that was P and Irish. She took over basketball in school. He took over or he brought in a fella that was maths and uh, woodwork. He took over uh, hurling in the school. Like, you know, so there was a real knock on effect for him as well. And um, because he was a big sportsman himself, he's a big bars man. Like I said, he knew the importance of sports like we all did. Yes. And he knew that it would benefit the students. Um, and that's, you know, that was his bottom line is that, you know, um, you know, a healthy, happy student is, is going to do better academically. And um, yeah, he definitely was was a very good, a very good principal for me. And I think people underestimate as well, like how sport can help you in business. And I think so later on yourself and your husband decided to start your own business. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, so we set up um, our own company called My Core Supplements. So um, it would be my husband's brainchild now. I can't take um, I can't take the credit for that. Um, we got married in December 2016, and Cork actually had to get sh uh, shoulder surgery a um, couple of weeks after our. Uh, um, our wedding so it meant that he was going to be laid up for about six weeks um, so he kind of had this idea before the surgery and uh, he used the six weeks 
very, very intensely. Um, I suppose um, checking out competitors, checking out like he just did the world of research. Um, I suppose check out what the market was, um, looking for a base. Like he did absolutely everything. Um, and he he basically just checked if it was a viable option. Um, over the six weeks, and uh, he had the figures. He came from a law and accounting background, but um, he actually went back and restudied as a as a teacher. So it meant you know, when he did go back to school that um you know he was in a position to to come to the job afterwards and um so he kind of pitched the idea to myself and his two brothers Fikra and Fionn and um all four of us were teachers actually so uh it was something that we said look we have time we have a bit of time in the evenings to see if we can make this work and we put a good couple of months into it at the start and uh yeah geez we were coming home from school I was coming home from school at four and I'd say we were turning into another I suppose six hours of work every single evening and the boys were off earlier they were doing the exact same thing and look it came to fruition um so my course supplement started with I don't know something like 35 products and um I couldn't even tell you how many we have now I'd say well over well over 400 anyway at the moment and we actually have broken into um gym equipment which was I suppose the biggest um the biggest jump for our company so I think um you know the, I suppose a big thing that um Cork would have seen would have been flexibility and adaptability especially in kind of I suppose times when when things are a little bit difficult and um it actually just came about just before the very first lockdown the first COVID lockdown so we went into gym equipment um and we could not have envisioned what happened and we got cleared out of all our stock I'd say within the first six weeks and we had to reorder as quickly as possible and so the amount of people that were I suppose you know because it's gone uh, such a a health conscious world and you know people saw the benefit obviously of keeping fit and healthy and what it meant to them and uh, people set up their own home gyms and people were working out in gardens sheds everything and uh, they needed equipment to do it and thankfully it has gone from strength to strength and um, yeah we're we're delighted with the progress and then I suppose just just to drive the two boys mad at home myself and Cork decided to up and go to Australia so um, they're after getting in a few um, employees thankfully a few younger lads to help them out um, while we're away but um, Cork is doing a phenomenal job here he's working flat out every single day doing the administrative side of things so um, I've taken a little bit of a step back um, just I suppose while, while we were here and um, yeah so it'll be it'll be all all hands on deck again when we when we head home. Amazing so let's talk about the trip like how did it all come about? Um, yeah, so I suppose a couple of years ago, um, Alan McConnell, the head coach here at the Great, Great Western Sydney Giants, um, just made contact, dropped me a message and was like, I'm speaking here with your good friend, Cora Staunton. And uh, she said that um, you were a handy enough defender. Would you have any um any interest in coming out and I had just retired with Cork it wasn't on my radar whatsoever um we were married I suppose maybe a year or two and um the business was going well but was very very time consuming and we were teaching all of us were teaching full-time and uh to be honest I suppose that the bottom line was I really wanted to to try and start a family so that was my that was my you know number one and um uh, you know you, you never know how long this, these things are going to take um so i i just kind of um politely um declined his invitation and thankfully we welcomed a, a little boy 
and uh, sure enough, um, a message uh, appeared back up again. Uh, congratulations. Would you, would you have any interest in coming over? And um, I said, look, I'll, I'll come back to you in, um, in maybe about five months and see how the body is and, and just try to immerse myself into motherhood and, um, you know, not lose the plot that way. And um, I suppose I thankfully had a, a very healthy pregnancy and I had um, a very um, healthy birth, which was great. And I was able to return to the gym a couple of weeks um, after. So I felt great. Um, it took me maybe about five months really to get my strength back. And I suppose um, in January, I kind of texted him, I said, you know, what, what would this entail or can we have a chat and it kind of spiraled in from there and uh, I ended up signing a contract with him uh, in August I continued working um, out and um, you know doing all that and I actually had taken a career break no yeah I'd taken a career break from school I was um, up and down to Dublin on another project and um, I had taken up a role with RTE doing punditry um, and I was working flat out with the business so it was a very 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 busy time but I said look um, you know if if we get to Australia, it could actually be such a lovely break for our family and um, look what an experience and what an opportunity to get, especially at 34 years of age. You know, I thought my um, my days of sport were, were done or um, I was just happy to play club football at that stage. But, you know, it was too good an opportunity to pass, pass up. I'd never been to Australia and I'd never gone anywhere for longer than three weeks. So I suppose it was a test to see if I if I liked it and um, what an opportunity for myself and my family. So I had to jump at it. Absolutely. And and you get there and you're training with them and you go out for your first game. And what happened? <laughs> yeah. So um I suppose it was a bit of a roller coaster when we landed because we had to land into Perth with two weeks of quarantine, come down to Melbourne because uh, there were cases after spiking up in Sydney. So we'd stay in Melbourne um, for five days. We're training in Melbourne for the five days over New Year's. Then um, the whole team had to relocate to Albury, which is in New South Wales, regional New South Wales, which was just out in this now it was gorgeous it was a beautiful place um but it was just out in the middle of nowhere and it was it was a real experience now of, of kind of um, a different side of australia that maybe a lot of people don't get to experience and then we went from there to adelaide we had to hub again in adelaide for two weeks and then we had our first practice game so i essentially only had a full maybe three two no I suppose two and a half weeks of training with the whole team as a collective so I suppose the pressure was really on to try to deliver um and to show them that I was um worth my salt when um when the first game came so um yeah the preparation to the first game I suppose wasn't what everyone had hoped it was um our flight got delayed our flight got first of all cancelled in Canberra then our flight got delayed and we ended up landing at um half 11 the night before the game and the game was on the following morning at uh, 12 o'clock so that morning of the game, it was extremely, extremely rushed. And um, I remember turning to Carrick actually inside the kitchen going, geez, this is this is the type of, of day now that someone could get injured. Like, you know, and he was like, geez, will you stop, stop talking like that, you know? And um, yeah, if we were to know then <laughs> what, what we do now, like, yeah. But um, yeah. so I turned up to the game anyway and um, we got ready and I was getting really, really excited. And I was surprisingly not nervous because I was just saying, right, you have, you're going to go out now and you're going to do your absolute best and you're not going to, you know, think too much about it. Just, you know, go and use your instinct. You've played sport for long enough. And um, yeah, so I started off and um, played with great intensity. And after the first quarter, um, I was playing really, really well. 
and um, even you know the head coach was saying you know you know how how well I was playing and and the intensity I was playing with and that you know it was really really important to the team um so that was lovely to hear and I suppose that drove me on then for another two quarters um because I I knew I was only due to playing up until the end of the third quarter and then at the end of the third quarter he the head coach asked myself and Cora to come and play in the fourth quarter because we, we were doing well yeah. so yeah at the very end of the fourth quarter then about a minute out from from the end of the game um unfortunately um I suffered um a, um a collision with another player from from the opposition and um I suffered a, a c7 fracture of my um my neck and um I I, su- I sustained a stinger which basically is um very very sharp nerve pain um down my right arm and so much so that I looked down I actually thought my my arm was broken I couldn't lift it I couldn't move it um I was I don't know if you've ever seen Shan you know the you know the bleating goat mem you know the one where it's like yeah yeah yeah. I was doing that like repeatedly for about I'd say a good minute and a half like I'd say the girls didn't know whether to laugh at me or to or to try to go help me you know so um I've never I've never known pain like that in my life never ever have I known pain like it and um unfortunately you know it was confirmed then when I went to hospital and what had happened so um it meant that um I suppose I really had to had to readjust everything, all our plans. Um, when we got back to Sydney, we um, we were due to be living out in the eastern suburbs, and I actually we moved toward closer to the club, um, so that I could rehab properly, and um, I suppose just avoid having to drive too much because I, I couldn't drive for seven weeks. I'd say I only probably pro- like properly drove there last week, which is um, a good eight weeks, I suppose, after the after the operation, uh, or not the operation, sorry, the injury. Um, so yeah, it was a real. Um, I suppose, yeah, I was completely deflated. I was absolutely devastated. I had moved my family across the world. Um, I had put so many things on hold. I had, um, I suppose, um, you know, really affected our business. Um, it was, I suppose, I took a lot of guilt on early on, um, as well as trying to cope with an injury. And then, um, I suppose, having a, a little boy to look after as well. Um, it, it really was a very challenging couple of weeks. But... Um, <laughs> You spoke there like the guilt, the disappointment, etc. Like how how did you deal with that? And especially being away from home. Yeah, um, I feel like I was onto my parents nonstop. Um, I suppose more so to reassure them than anything else. Um, because um, you know, they found out no, my my husband was was flat out trying to ring them even the night of it, but it happened uh say during the night in Ireland. So he was like basically just trying to ring them until they they answered very early um in Irish time um so yeah I, I suppose yeah it was extremely challenging I was very very upset for for a good couple of weeks um um but I had unbelievable support like unbelievable support I actually cannot thank the club enough for what they did for me um and I think the fact that we were actually in a hub you know, was a real savior um, at the start of that injury. Um, we ended up being in a hub for another week after afterwards, and then we were we were back to Sydney straight afterwards. Um, so that week, I did not. I don't think I was on my own once in the space of you know that full week. I had people just randomly coming in, not even knocking, just in the door, sitting down, taking Karakog off to the playground, giving me a chance, you know, to maybe uh, go for a nap or go for a shower or anything like that. Um, I just had constant callers, constant people, um, not not coming in to be like, oh, are you okay? They were coming in yeah. just chat about anything else, anything else bar the injury, and it was just so therapeutic and um, just put me in. 
great form and I suppose I have a husband who um he'd be extremely competitive um in a sporting sense and uh he was like, right, we're going to do this, this, this now. And like, he was just very proactive from the very start. Didn't allow me time to wallow. Um, I suppose in fairness, I wouldn't be one for wallowing anyway, but um, you know, he, he was outstanding. And um, I think that small boy, I, what he did for me, even in those early couple of weeks, he just came in and he didn't care if I was injured or not. He was just like, mammy, and kind of would give me the tap on the leg, kind of come on, come on, like we're going out playing ball or we're going to the playground or we're going doing something. And, you know, it was just business as normal for him. And, you know, he got me up every single day and geez, do you know what? It, he, he, he doesn't realize what he did for me, you know? So, yeah. um, no, I think that's amazing. And, you know, a lot of people have been worried about their children um, from a social perspective was, was this last 12 months, especially younger kids. And I suppose one, yeah. up with the team, he'd be very well socialized. <laughs> Oh, like the man, I swear, he can nearly hold a conversation now with adults. <laughs> but um, we, we do find that he's not great with other kids at the moment. He's so used to being around adults. So um, we've actually started putting him into, there's a place um, called Occasional Care here. So it does exactly what it says in the tin. It allows you to drop your kids in for maybe a couple of hours, which is like the most amazing, amazing facility to have. So you can drop them in, but it has to be for a minimum of two or three hours and um, uh, yeah they just get used to to being around other kids and kind of getting social and um I think for for nothing else bar just him having um you know interactions with other kids I think it's just yeah. so vital and he's he's just coming on leaps and bounds but he's so social um and I I suppose I'm con I'm constantly in contact with my friends from home and you know I I do really really feel for for kids at home because yeah. it's it's not easy at all. And I'm very, very grateful that we're in a position to be able to, to go out and, and enjoy, um, I suppose, all the amenities that are that are on our doorstep. No, absolutely. And I suppose what's, you know, when you think about what is next for you, I know that you're there for a little while longer and then you're going to do a bit of traveling. But do you worry about, obviously, you're leaving the freedom, I suppose, that you have there to potentially come back here, not to be in, in the best of situations? Yeah, I think I'm completely delusional about what is actually the case at home you know because um we just haven't experienced it in so long now and yeah. like it's just business as usual here if you want to get up in the morning go down to the cafe have your breakfast um go for walks have a chat go to the zoo um like things that we just do so freely here that we used to do at home all the time um it's just such a lovely, lovely way of life at the moment. And it just seems so far removed from COVID. I can't even remember the lock, the, the second lockdown. And, and I'm and, in and, my I'm, head. I'm like, breathe, just stay there. Don't come I know. I, I, and that's it. But Shan, like, it's so easy to be like, you know, the, the faraway fields are always greener, you know, and I miss my mother and father so terribly. I miss my sister so much. Um, I haven't seen my little niece in over a year now. So, it, you know, all of those things just weigh so heavily on me. Um, so while, while we do plan on staying another couple of weeks, because to be honest, I want to get the most out of this experience. I want to train with the coach and the head coach is very, very, um, I suppose, insistent on me um, getting the most out of it. 
so I will be training and staying on for another six weeks um, doing, you know, one-on-one trainings with him and with a couple of the girls and with hopefully a team. Um, just, I suppose, just to make sure that um, I'm, I'm getting an enjoyable experience out of football and I'm not um, ruling anything out for, for, for future years. But um, I, I'm very, very aware that um, if we leave here, I, I don't know what's, what's, what's going to be the case at home in Ireland, but I do know I miss my family and, um, you know, that, that's probably... Um, yes. You know, that'll, that'll overcome any, any lockdown for me at the yeah. moment, you know. I completely get it. My, I, I have one sister here. Mind you, she's here in Ennis and I can't see her anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> you see, this is it. I'm like, if I do go home, will I even be able to see mom and dad? But um, I yeah, well, will I know. You, will you stay? Will you do a bit of traveling before you come home? See a bit of Australia? Yeah. So in fairness, um, we only landed to Sydney um, just before, sorry, just um, round two of the of the season. So it's now coming into round nine, which is um, kind of the end of the group stages. Um, so it, it actually has meant that we haven't seen too much of Sydney as it is even because trainings has been so intense. So I really want to see what Sydney has to offer. I know there's so much here to do. And then hopefully if we if we get a chance, um, I'd love to see a little bit of Queensland. So, um, yeah, we definitely definitely try to experience it as much as possible and um and enjoy it for what it is and hopefully there won't be too much more rain and um yeah. i'll hopefully be able to to bring home a bit of the sunshine when we come home in a couple of months you know so um Absolutely. yeah that would be the that would be the the plan at the moment anyway amazing well look i'm gonna go to the jar um like the the real jar i'm yeah. picked out a couple <laughs> of questions for you okay um so the first one is what limits you um what limits me um sometimes I I suppose my my self-doubt I would be very a very critical person I'd be very highly critical of myself um I suppose like like a lot of us can be but um it definitely can um uh can limit me in terms of kind of the opportunities that I I suppose that can present themselves and I sometimes question myself am I capable am I able and um I suppose sometimes I just push myself to say yes and then um you know try try to figure it out afterwards um which sometimes isn't always the best approach but um I think as I've gotten older the last couple of years I've definitely been more receptive to opportunities that maybe I I wasn't um it's actually funny is probably even before I had my baby I was I wasn't as receptive whereas now I just feel like, do you know what? Now, if I can, if I could do this, I can kind of do anything like, do you know? So, um, yeah, I just kind of put myself forward, but definitely I would have a good bit of self-doubt and I'd, I'd need, um, I, I'd need an old boost every now and again to, to push myself forward. Yeah. Amazing. Um, next one. Sorry. What one book would you, is your favorite book and you would gift to anybody? Um, favorite book that I would gift to anybody. Um, now I will say I'm not a massive um, book reader because I just haven't, I don't know, I've never given myself time to sit down and read books properly. Um, I suppose the one book that I love and that I would always go back to would be The Relentless Book. Um, it would be a book about the Cork Ladies footballers. Um, and I think that book, um, while it's about sport, um, it definitely you know teaches you about discipline and about respect for one another and the trust that we had in one another. And um, you know, I think that shines true. So um, yeah, I suppose look, that would be a book that I hold very dear, and um, you know, I I would I would love to to, to give that to the people um there were a few books all right that um there's one book that's definitely on my list and it is the uh the captain's the captain's class i think i just i definitely wanted to 
there was one book that I definitely said I wanted to read. Uh, oh, yeah, because it was actually one that the head coach here spoke about it. So it's called The Captain Class. Um, and it is it's actually a research book that was done on um, the 16 best, um, the most successful, the 16 most successful teams that ever, ever uh, played sport and what basically makes them what made them the best um, that they were and basically it came it all came down to that they all had um, really empowering captains but it actually goes into great detail about like the power that 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 one person can have and their traits so you know while it's about sport I think it can just it can definitely go into uh, you know a whole plethora of things especially for business and things like that um, so that's something that I that I, I definitely aim to read and it was the head coach who's a very well-read man who who recommended that to me so that's on my on my list. Hopefully, when I get to Queensland and have a bit of time to chill out, yeah, <laughs> you can take a bit of a break. I've written that down. I, I'm definitely going to um, plow into that one. But Breed, listen, yeah. thank you so much for spending time with me today. Um, I wish you all the best for the last few weeks that you have and you get the most out of it. And I know that look, there's always an outpour. Um, of support for you from your hometown and and we look forward to welcoming you back yeah thanks so much and i just want to say a massive thank you to absolutely everyone for the outpouring of love and messages that i received over um you know not just initially when the when the injury happened but just you know all the time checking in on me it's so so much appreciated and by god i love cork and i love i love where i come from and just people are so so kind so thank you very much amazing